What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Joseph Tyler Sports Show. I am your host, Joseph Tyler, and the regular season is upon us. The fantasy football season is going to begin here shortly. It is less than two weeks away, and the football season kicks off September 8th, also my birthday. And these next two weeks are very important because training camp is over Things are starting to settle in. The last preseason games are being played. And now that the rosters are really taking shape, these are the two weeks in which the most fantasy football drafts are conducted. This is go time because the preseason, you never know. You never know if an injury will pop up. You never know if that backup running back is going to overtake a starting running back. And... I would really think it's super just asinine to conduct a draft during the preseason or even before the preseason. It's very risky. I mean, it's fun if everyone else's players get hurt, but it's not fun if your starting running back tears his ACL before the season starts. You don't want your fantasy football season to be lost before the season even begins, and These next two weeks are the most important when it comes to fantasy football drafts, and today I am going to take a look at the most illustrious position in fantasy football, the most important, the most pressure, and that's going to be the number one overall pick. The number one overall pick in every fantasy football draft has the idea that you have access to every single person. You can draft running back, receiver, quarterback, depending on the format, and your goal is to pick the number one running back. You get first shot, so if you mess up, that's all on you. No one else has really made you stumble at all, and today I'm going to look at the top five players on my draft board, and those players are Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, and Cooper Cup. These five players are pretty much going one through five on every format, Yahoo, ESPN, Sleeper, and for good reason. They're pretty much the only picks you should consider if you are the number one overall pick. And these also are going to allow me to give you insight into different draft strategies today. Today, I have three major strategies, of which I believe are the most successful strategies that I'm going to get into, and that is, first and foremost, the balance strategy, pretty much easiest for all beginners. Then there is the running back first strategy, where you just load up on running backs early. I'd say that would be more of an advanced player sort of strategy. And then there is the zero running back strategy. And this is one I advocate for if you are an experienced player, you know what you're doing. And I think this one will only work for you at a high level because zero running back means you have to do your research. You have to have experience, but it can work out if you do it correctly. So I'm going to get into the philosophies of each of these draft formats as well. But that's going to be in due time. In order to start, though, I want to take us back to the number one overall draft pick. And to be the number one overall draft pick is, like I said, a very stressful position. It's something in which you can't mess up. 
and most people think they won't mess up. But this year, the water is kind of muddy as to who you should pick. I would say truly there are four picks, but I'm going to have Cooper Cup in here as well as there is the draft strategy where you don't get a running back. So I'm going to give a little bit of variety, but mostly we're going to focus on the four main backs. And the first one, number one on the draft board, his ADP is 1.3, and that is Jonathan Taylor. He is currently the reigning, defending, running back one coming into the season. He is by far and away the most undisputed running back. He ran for over 1,800 yards last year, 18 touchdowns. He had 40 receptions for another 360 yards, 9 yards per catch. Uh, two touchdowns. He was very good. He was stellar on all sides of the ball. He's more of a running back rather than a receiving back, but he by far and away was the undisputed. He broke out. He was fantastic. And the only thing I would consider when it comes to Jonathan Taylor is, well, there's a couple things. First and foremost, for over the last 15 years, there has never been a repeat running back one in fantasy football. That's number one is because there's injuries, you know, things happen, players miss out a couple games here or there. Number two, there's so much talent in the field, running backs come and go. There are a ton of rookies who every year break out. There are good veteran backs who have been doing it for a long time. And that statistic, I mean, it's a coincidence that for 15 years, no one has repeated, but it's starting to get into the territory where it's kind of a uh, kind of a stat, a known thing that this is going to happen. And Jonathan Taylor is a safe pick. He has a better quarterback under center, but there are rumors that his workload is going to be lessened. He was just worked to the bone almost last year, and the Colts were better for it. He led the team, but now they have a better quarterback under center. They have Matt Ryan, and... Matt Ryan is really going to open up that passing attack, and I think that Jonathan Taylor is someone who could benefit from that. When the box isn't stacked so much, when people aren't focused on him, he's not going to need as many opportunities. He's going to be able to make that impact with less. His body is going to be able to maintain itself. He's still young. I believe he's only 23 years old. He's still in the game. So I say... Jonathan Taylor is by far one of the safest options for number one. And I think across all of the years recently, I would say he's one of the most likely to repeat as the number one back. The year before last, he ended up as running back six his rookie year, and that's pretty good. He's a bomb player. He is just an absolute stud. Will he repeat what he did last year? Probably not. Um, There's possible touchdown regression here I mean he scored 18 touchdowns and even if that goes down to let's say 14 touchdowns this year uh, 1500 rushing yards instead of 1800 I would still be happy with that he could still possibly be running back one with those options regardless I think we can all agree that Jonathan Taylor is a top five running back in the league he is someone you can trust and he is really a lockdown player he's the type of player you can set it and forget it don't worry about it and he's really gained that respect in the last year I think you could be 
safe picking Jonathan Taylor number one. I can respect that pick, and I think no one will follow you. There's not much to say about this one because it's kind of boring. He was number one already. He's not hurt. He's not banged up. He's good. And Jonathan Taylor, solid pick. However, the next guy that people are advocating to be number one, and <sighs> this one is... uh. This one's tricky for me because I had the number two ranked running back. I've had Christian McCaffrey in fantasy football before. I had him in 2018 when he ended off as the number two PPR running back in the league. That was when he rushed for a thousand yards. He caught for 860 yards and that wasn't even his best season. His best season was in 2019 when he was by far and away the number one running back. And on a per-game basis, uh, Christian McCaffrey is a stud. He gets all of his receptions. He runs the ball. He runs hard. And he's been in the league for a while. He's been in the league for five years. And that is the problem. Christian McCaffrey, for the last two years, has only played in 10 games. So that means he has missed about 23 games of game time. He is a very good player. He is a stud. But the problem is he's bruised up. He's beaten up. And I can say there has been a lot of luck involved. Christian McCaffrey, I can say, has been pretty unlucky when it comes to his injuries. He had a high ankle sprain. He had a hamstring, I believe. And a lot of this is just kind of like back to back to back. And I think it's because he plays so hard. It's not just the fact that running backs are a very volatile position. It's that Christian McCaffrey is a hard playing player. He puts everything into every single play. He puts all his effort into every cut. He's not lazy on the field. And a lot of players, you know, they're lazy sometimes and that keeps them healthy. Christian McCaffrey could benefit by being a little bit lazy sometimes, but he isn't, and the Panthers' offense runs through him, so when he goes down, the team goes down, and Christian McCaffrey, on a per-game basis, if he's playing, he's going to get you 20, 25 fantasy points every week, no doubt. He's a touchdown machine, and... They now have Baker Mayfield under center. And you could say what you will about Baker Mayfield, but he's better than Sam Darnold. He's better than Cam Newton's been. He's better than... I don't even know who else the Panthers have had the last couple years. So it's going to open some things up. It's going to allow Christian McCaffrey to not have to touch the ball every play. Christian McCaffrey is getting to a point where he was touching the ball as much as a quarterback on a bad team. <laughs> And he is a stud. And if Christian McCaffrey played every single game, he would be the number one fantasy running back. You could easily take Christian McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor. The problem is Christian McCaffrey has been hurt. He's been hurt often. He's been hurt hard. Last year, he was on the IR list twice. And that's tough. It's tough for a lot of owners. It's tough for me as someone who has owned Christian McCaffrey because I know how great McCaffrey can be. I am sold. I know the talent. It's all there. But 
The problem is, I don't know if he can be healthy. And the fact that he's still ranked number two with all these questions is really a statement to who he is as a player and who he is as a person, his work ethic, his drive, and how much he can provide to a team. Christian McCaffrey is really bang for his buck, and he is a case where his talent outshines the potential of him getting hurt. It outshines the potential of anything bad possibly happening. I will take the risk of Christian McCaffrey. I will take the plunge, and if he goes down, I am willing for my team to go down because he is that good. I couldn't resist him. Christian McCaffrey as the number one overall pick is respectable. I think most people won't bat an eye at it. It's Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, most often than not the one and two of every league. And overall, can't hate it. And this year, I hope he can get back to form. I hope he can avoid injury. And it's something that it's something that people need to keep an eye on and keep monitoring. And when it comes to health, the third person on my list is Derrick Henry. And he's very similar to Christian McCaffrey. He's a veteran player. He's 28 years old. He last year had an injury. He was supposed to be out all year, but he came back for the playoffs. Before he was out last season, he was by far and away the number one running back. He was number one for I think four or five weeks before anyone even passed him in fantasy points. He finished last year in standard leagues at running back 14. He finished in PPR running back number 21, so almost a top 20 running back, and he only played eight games last season. Derrick Henry is a freak. He's a force of nature. He's 6'3", 240 pounds. He's not a guy you don't want running at you. I mean, last year in eight games, RP eight games, he had 937 yards and 10 touchdowns. If you take into account his receiving yards, he's over 1,000 yards on the season. Derrick Henry is a freak of nature, and the year before that, 2020, he was the number three PPR back. See, Derrick Henry does not catch the ball much, but he is that classic bell cow back. He is that guy who last year rushed, well, 2020, I apologize, rushed for 2,000 rushing yards with 17 touchdowns. He is a monster, and he is just that classic, hard-nosed, north-south runner. He's hard to stop. You can stack the box all you want. He will go through. Pretty much all of the years he has played, he has started at least 15 games. 2016, he played 15. 2017, 16. 18, 16. 19, 15. 20, 16. So he's pretty much always healthy. And people forget quite often that for the first couple years of his career, Derrick Henry didn't get to play much. Derrick Henry was riding the bench for DeMarco Murray in Tennessee. DeMarco Murray was the Cowboys running back, very successful there. He went to the Eagles, didn't work out, and so he went to the Titans. And so they had Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray, who was still a pretty good back. It was really a Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams situation like we have today. And 
Derrick Henry, even though he's 28, does not have as many miles on him as other running backs do. I would say realistically as a running back, Derrick Henry is really 26 years old. He's 28 for real, but he has the miles of a 26-year-old, so he's still got some tread on those wheels. Derrick Henry, I think this year could really pop off. Last year, he got unlucky with an injury, and those kinds of injuries, it takes explosiveness to come back, but from what I was watching in the playoffs, he got on the field, and he looked uncomfortable at first. He looked uncomfortable because he didn't look very confident, and by the second half of the game, he was back. Derrick Henry, all he's got to do, once he stiff-arms someone, once he runs someone over, he is back, and he can really be the number one running back in fantasy football. He was doing it last year before he got hurt. He's only had the one major injury in his career. So being drafted at number three currently, I can see Derrick Henry being the number one running back. People have faith in him, and he is a little bit older. He's more risky than like a Jonathan Taylor, but he's less injury prone so far than Christian McCaffrey. So if you don't want Jonathan Taylor, let's say you're fading Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry could be a solid backup pick. I can see Derrick Henry being number one on the draft board. I can see that because Derrick Henry is, again, if you have owned Derrick Henry, he's someone you know is good. He's someone you respect. And a lot of people have a personal connection. He's No one really watches the Tennessee Titans, if I'm being honest. Nobody goes and watches a Tennessee Titans football game on Sunday, but they will watch it for Derrick Henry. They will root for Derrick Henry because he is an awesome player. So I can see him being number one. I can see people going for that, and I don't blame you. And fourth on my list, probably the most risky running back, I would say would be... This guy coming up right here, this would be Austin Eckler. And Austin Eckler is a guy who has had a similar situation to Derrick Henry, I would say. He sat a couple years behind Melvin Gordon, who is now in front of Javante Williams. He really took some time to come into his own. He is one of these running backs who, if we're talking in a standard fantasy football sense he's not the best running back if we're talking in standard leagues he he's great but he's not number one i wouldn't risk drafting him number one overall but if you take ppr into account you take his receiving into account for the last three seasons he has had 92 receptions 54 receptions 70 receptions and that's insane he is stellar at catching the football he is a wide receiver lining up in the backfield and Austin Eckler last season was the number two running back in PPR 2019 he was the number four running back in PPR and this young Chargers offense young as in Justin Herbert is only going to get better so I can see Austin Eckler getting even better he's consistent on game day he'll blow up and, you know, for me, coming into the fantasy football preseason, in doing my research, I came in and initially I was just going to draft Austin Eckler number one. I looked at the list. I said, well, J 
Jonathan Taylor, he's not going to run the ball as much. His team has a better quarterback. He, you know, no running back has ever repeated. Christian McCaffrey, always hurt. Derrick Henry, the tread is coming off. You know, these are the just kind of things I was pointing at in order to justify Austin Eckler because he is already in a good offense. He's a key player in a great offense. He is just going to have more usage. He's going to have like a 2019 usage. He has a rookie running back. He's trying to stave off. He's a dual threat, and I think he's comfortable. I think he's very good. He is, I think, the safest pick because Jonathan Taylor, even though he's done it for two years, he feels still a bit unproven. He's only been in the league for two years. Austin Eckler has been great in the league for several years now. He's been in the league for five, and he's been great for three. So this is someone who this is a controversial first pick but i won't hate it i'll look at it i'll do a double take at it but i won't hate it and austin eckler is a solid number four ranking and a solid number one overall pick if you want him you really you really can't go wrong with any of these guys these top four backs they're all solid they're all studs if they all stay healthy, it's going to be a dogfight to see who wins. But I also want to go into a fifth option for your number one pick. Because not everyone wants to draft a running back first overall. Uh, most people will. I would say 98% of people will. But there are some people who are going to devote themselves to a specific strategy. And that would be the zero running back strategy. And we'll get into that more here in a few minutes, but before we do, I want to talk about the player you would get number one if you were doing zero running back, and that would be Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup last year was a triple crown champion, which means he led the NFL in receptions, yards, and touchdowns, and he was a stud last year. I, Whenever I played him, I would just grimace. I didn't like it. He just dominated last year, and a lot of figures point to him getting the same amount of usage this year. Cooper Cup caught 145 receptions. He had 1,900 receiving yards and 16 touchdowns, which gave him 442 fantasy points. To put that in perspective, that is more than a lot of quarterbacks had last year. Let me take a look at a quarterback here. Let's say Lamar Jackson, for example. He played in only 12 games, but he had 286 fantasy points. In 2020, Lamar Jackson played 400, had 400 fantasy points in 15 games. So it's kind of relative to having another quarterback on your team. Joe Burrow actually is a better example. Joe Burrow played in 16 games last year. And he had 422 fantasy points. He had 422 to Cooper Cup's 442. And that's just one more game. That's just 20 more points on average. So Cooper Cup is like having another quarterback on your team, but in the receiver position. He is a stud. He is bang for your buck. He plays in the slot position a lot of times too. And the slot position is interesting because a lot of the better cornerbacks 
will not move to the slot position to cover him. Most corners are more comfortable staying on their side, either the left or right, covering the receiver out there. They don't really go inside too much. The only one I can think of is Jalen Ramsey, who I believe is the best cornerback in the league, but there's a problem with that. Jalen Ramsey is on Cooper Cup's team. So it's kind of hard to gauge how teams are going to attack Cooper Cup. He put up so much of a problem last year. He was so much of an issue that I think people have no choice but to address him. But Cooper Cup should get relatively the same amount of usage, the same amount of stats. Even if he regresses slightly, let's say he gets 120 catches, 1,700 yards, 12 touchdowns. It's still amazing. He was number one receiver by far and away. He was a stud, and he could have afforded to lose some games. He could have afforded to be bad a couple times, and nobody would have batted an eye. Nobody would have really just focused on it at all, and I don't think people realize that. I don't think people realize how last year, for example, Devontae Adams was the second best receiver in the league. He had 344 fantasy points. 344 to Cooper Cup's 442. That is 98 points. 98 points. Do you know how long it can take some players to get 98 points? That's games and games. So, Cooper Cup, if you want a receiver, he's your guy. And I don't blame you for picking Cooper Cup number one overall. It's something I can see if that's the format you're going for. I personally get running backs first, but Cooper Cup, I'll be shocked. I won't hate it. I won't hate any of these five guys that I've brought to you today. Any of these five guys that I have presented because all of these guys are fantastic. They're all great football players. They're all running back ones, receiver one. It's you can't go wrong. In the first round of the NFL draft, let's say a 10-team league, you can't really go wrong. You can't lose your league with any of these first 10 guys you pick. It's everything you do after the fact. And by mentioning that, I actually want to go into a little bit. I want to mention the three major draft strategies. There are a lot of strategies people impose. There are a lot of ways people draft. And I have three strategies that I want to present to you today. Each of them have benefits and drawbacks. Each of them range from different skill levels. I would say from rookies to intermediates to advanced. And so we're going to start with the rookie strategy. And I say it's a rookie strategy because I think it's the easiest one to grasp. I think this is a way to build a pretty decent team. I think this is a way that people can leave their draft and be pretty happy, I would say. And I've done many mock drafts in this. I have many best ball leagues in this format. And this would be just a balanced team. And what I mean by a balanced team is it depends on your draft. It depends on your position. And no matter what you draft in the first round, 
you have to draft a receiver or a running back. And then you flip in the second round. So say I get a running back in the first round, I will get a receiver in the second round. And this is so that my team is balanced. And in this way, you will not have an advantage at either position. But you won't be killed in either position. And that's something that these other strategies can have an issue at. Here you'll have a top receiver on any given team. You'll have a top running back. You'll feel safe. And for these, I would also garner some hesitation in drafting a high quarterback. I wouldn't draft a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen early. If you're going for a balanced attack, I would say fill out your running backs and receivers on your roster and then look at quarterback. And by that point, it'll be round seven, eight, maybe even later, depending on your format. And Josh Allen will be gone. Patrick Mahomes will be gone. Kyler Murray gone. Lamar Jackson gone. But you will still have great quarterbacks. You'll have Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford. These guys are just as good as those guys before them. They just don't have the running capability. And scrambling does give you benefit it does but i think the benefit for quarterbacks does not outweigh the benefit of having a good running back or a good receiver so i would say you can wait on quarterbacks for you to fill out your roster running back receiver just going back and forth and for tight end you can consider getting one of those good tight ends early i wouldn't get kelsey in the first round but maybe a third round, either a George Kittle or Darren Waller or a Dallas Goddard, Dalton Schultz. I don't hate that in the third through fifth, sixth round. You could do that. And I wouldn't hate it because you're filling out the roster, like I said. You're getting balanced. But if you don't get those early tight ends, I would say Dallas Goddard might be the cutoff. If you don't get anyone from Dallas Goddard or before... You should wait. You should wait because from that point onward, tight ends don't really matter. They're all going to be all right. They're all going to suck. And there's only a couple more after that that you should get. But you shouldn't waste a good pick on a valuable player just to reach and get one of these tight ends. A late tight end, I would recommend Pat Fryermuth. He's fantastic last year. Cole Komet, very good. So, you know, these are guys you can consider. And for balanced attacks, a lot of leagues have kickers and defense, and most players will not draft these until the last two rounds. I'm going to let you in on a fantasy football secret. If it's a 15-round draft, round 14 and 15 are dedicated to kicker and defense. It's the most common untold rule. But my secret trick is I will draft... If he's available, I will draft Justin Tucker round 13. Just one round ahead of where you would get anyone else. And that's because by starting a round early, you have the benefit of having better kickers available, better defenses available. And Justin Tucker is the best kicker in the league. Him or Evan McPherson. Both of them are fantastic on good teams. I would get either of them. If neither of them are available, don't even bother. So that's pretty much the balanced attack. You're not successful anywhere 
really, but you have a solid foundation, a solid base, and you have pieces you can move around. If you have a bounced attack, you can trade your good receiver if your running backs go down. You can replace them or vice versa. You can basically talk to anybody in the league. You can do business with anybody because everybody is looking for something to make their team better, and with a balanced attack, you can do that. And that's where it's the easiest. That's where it's the most friendly to rookies. And secondly, I want to talk about a second draft strategy, and that would be an early running back heavy strategy. And this is the issue I've seen most of all in draft rooms. I've seen just looking at the rankings, not just this year, but many years for the last maybe five running backs are only really good in the first four five rounds and this year is no exception the running backs really go early and if a train commences and everyone is just picking running backs willy-nilly you sometimes get pulled in you're sometimes stuck and you need to get running backs right and it's tough it's tough so a lot of times, my strategy, and this is more of an intermediate strategy, is round one and two, maybe even round one, two, and three, I'm going running backs because there's so many good running backs, but they all go so early. And at about overall, overall 41, 44, Brees Hall, the rookie in New, uh, New York, sorry, Brees Hall is really the last good, reliable running back that you can get in a draft. Overall, 44, that's round four. And that's scary because after that, you got Antonio Gibson, who has questions. J.K. Dobbins, questions. Eli Mitchell, injury questions. He's good. Clyde Edwards-Elaire, questions. A.J. Dillon, he will be the flag bearer one day, but questions. Miles Sanders, no touchdowns last year. See... These are guys who are in that just bottom tier of starting running backs. These are guys who you'll take, but you can't really put your flag on. And they, when you put their names up against a Jonathan Taylor, it doesn't compare. Their names against a Christian McCaffrey, it doesn't compare. And for that reason, a lot of people like to load up on running backs early. This is probably the most common intermediate strategy. This is players who have been playing for a few years. These are guys who just they know what they're doing so they get their running backs early and the wide receiver position is so deep it goes on and on and you still have number one receivers Rashad Bateman Rashad Bateman is the number one receiver on the Baltimore Ravens he is going to get a lot of looks he's going to be good Drake London number 82 on Atlanta number one receiver see there's a lot of number one receivers that are out there so a lot of people think you know what let me load up on running backs because they're not available late they go soon and i'll get my receivers later because they'll be there and same thing with quarterbacks they'll wait on quarterbacks maybe even wait on tight ends it's easier to do that it definitely is and as you get deeper in the running back list it's harder to find reliable running backs that you could viably use uh, Damian Pierce, number 113, 
He's a rookie. He's going to be the starter for the Texans. So that'll be cool. And, you know, there's a lot of questions with running backs. But for receivers, there's less. So that's more of an intermediate pick, I would say, and more intermediate strategy. And my only problem with that strategy is that everyone does it. Everyone gets running backs first. Everyone loads up on them. And I, in my years of playing fantasy football, football have dedicated myself to the running back heavy strategy. I have dedicated years. I have lost years because I just didn't get the best running backs. Or I just didn't have that good of receivers. And when my running backs went down, I was done. The running back position is tough. It's something everyone does. And the last two years, I tried something. I went zero running back strategy. And zero running back is a strategy I would say is more for advanced players. Because this strategy forces you to be a player year round. You can't set your lineup and forget it. You need to be on it all year long. And zero running back doesn't mean you do not draft a running back. It just means you draft your running backs later. And after what I just said about running backs, you might be thinking, well, why would I draft them later? He just said, there's no good running backs after round four. And you're right. There's no great running backs after round four. But there's something about football that I've learned. There's something about fantasy football I've learned, too. It's that running back is the most volatile position there is in football. Running backs can go down at any point. They get hurt more often. They take more punishment. Christian McCaffrey was out. Derrick Henry was out. Dalvin Cook gets hurt. So on and so forth. And that's something that scares me. That's something that happens more often than not. And... A lot of times, running backs are more injury-prone than wide receivers. <clears throat> Pardon me. And it is something that I think people should consider. Because throughout the season, running backs get hurt, running backs get taken out of games, and people without a doubt emerge. Last season, Devontae Freeman, he is... A player who has just been riding the bench of teams for several years now. He's, I think, 30 years old now. But last season, he didn't really do much. He was not on a team, really, for the first few games of the year. He was just kind of in and out, riding the bench, practice squad, and... The Baltimore Ravens needed someone, and he came in week 9 and scored 16 points. Week 11, 20 points. 13, 20 points. See, there's players that'll arrive for about a month and kill it, and then they disappear again. Uh, Cordero Patterson, no one thought he was going to be good. He shows up, and he lights up fantasy football. He scares everybody because he didn't get any usage, but he killed it. He had a top 10 PPR running back season last year. 
there's guys that emerge and guys that you need to be looking for on your waiver wire and this always happens this always happens and zero running back strategy really plays into that it really plays into that trend that people emerge people come they go and this just means you need to be on it on your waiver wire you need to hold your priority you need to get that guy you know for sure is going to be a stud so if you know your running backs are not going to be very good you then move your resources into somewhere else you move all of those resources in balanced it was 50 50 receiver running back right in running back heavy it was 66 percent running back 33 percent receiver this strategy for the early rounds into the middle rounds the first six seven eight rounds you are a hundred percent wide receiver zero percent running back and that's where the zero running back comes in it's not the whole draft it's just the beginning and middle part of it if you invest your resources into wide receiver you can get three top wide receivers in the first three rounds you can get guys who are going to set you up in ppr you can open yourself up and feel comfortable with getting one of those top tight ends in the league you it just gives more freedom to me because i am not bound to any running backs but the thing is if you're drafting running backs later you need to reach a little bit to get those specific running backs you're gonna need at this point you're gonna be looking at those guys who play more of a role in which they have a tricky position and let me explain that would be someone along the lines of a Ramondre Stevenson on pretty much Ramondre Stevenson on the New England Patriots, who pretty much is going to be playing the James White role this year. James White was the longtime receiving running backs on the New England Patriots. As everyone else was coming in and out, he was always getting his points. And Ramondre Stevenson is going to be doing that. He's taking over that role with the potential of being the number one back if he can pass Damian Harris. So that's a guy I'm looking at, Chase Edmonds, the number one in Miami. He is a receiving back. He is a special player, but he's going very lowly. See, these are guys you want to look at, and Chase Edmonds is going number 94 in draft leagues. Ramondre Stevenson, number 105. Damian Pierce, 113. These are all guys who are very, very close together. So you're going to have to reach a little bit. And to do that, I am going to set up my receivers. I'm going to get my flex, my tight end, and I'm going to reach for some of these guys. Damian Pierce, he is the starting running back on the Texans. He will be. Ramondre Stevenson. They go close together, so you want to get them a little early so no one else gets them. Chase Edmonds. Tony Pollard, even James Robinson, Isaiah Spiller. These are all very good players. Brian Robinson, he's going even deeper. He's giving Antonio Gibson a run for his money. See, these are guys you need to look at. And guys who are not the best running backs, but they are pieces. They will hold you over until one of those running backs emerges. And so this is what, if you fill your starting lineup with receivers, this is going to be the majority of your bench. Zero running back, 
does not mean you have zero running backs. It's you put zero of your resources into running backs early on. And my teams, I've just been so much happier with them because I have stud wide receivers who are just absolutely impactful. They can all drop 20 points a week. They can explode for maybe even 30, some of them. It's something you all need to look at. And something I think if you are a intermediate player, I would say, someone who commits to fantasy football, who is always checking the waiver wire, someone who is in it. If you're in it, you should be playing zero running back because you have the advantage of always looking at the waiver wire. You have the advantage of looking at the news. You know what running backs are going to be out, so you should be getting those cuffs. You should be getting those players who are insurance policies for someone like a Christian McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin Cook, someone who's going to take over. If Kareem Hunt gets traded, you should get Dearness Johnson because he's a good player. So that's what I think everyone should look at. And like I said, it takes commitment. So don't do this if you're kind of a lazy player. You set your lineup every week, but you don't really look at stuff then zero receiver isn't for you. This is an advanced only strategy. And I feel like after a while, I finally saw the light for it because for me personally, this is how I win the most fantasy football leagues is with zero running back. But it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. So I can't do this if I'm in a hundred leagues, you know, if I'm in so many i can't manage all of them so a balanced approach or a running back heavy approach is more appropriate for me but zero running back is dedicated for some of my more hardcore leagues this year and i hope that you guys can adopt it a little bit i would say you guys should just go do a lot of mock drafts that's why i always say mock drafts will not give you the feel of having humans in there but it gives you a feel for where everybody is, right? And so just do some mock drafts. Take all wide receivers until your receivers and flex position are filled. Then get your running backs or quarterbacks. You know, it's it's something worth exploring. And I think it adds another element to fantasy football that people, I think, will enjoy. And that's what fantasy football eventually comes down to is you just want to have fun and you only really have fun if you're winning, and I think these major draft strategies, these three, are the pathways to that. They're going to win you the most games, they're going to give you the most fun, and for advanced intermediate players, it's going to refresh kind of what you think of fantasy football and how you've been playing it for a long time, and if you guys take a look back at the five players, I would take number one overall. I don't hate any of them. I think they're all great players. You have Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, any of them. I would take them in a heartbeat if they dropped to me, and I wouldn't criticize anyone for taking them. Anyone else, I would, but those five, I will not. And that's all I have for you guys today. Did you enjoy the show? Tell me what you think at J Tyler Sports Show on Instagram, Twitter. Make sure to follow the podcast on Spotify. Check it out. 
as the football season begins and as the fantasy football season begins, we're going to pivot the content from just be talking about fantasy football as a whole, talking about rankings, into more of talking about waiver wire pickups, uh, news, people you might want to worry about on game day, things like that, trades possibly, values going up and down, who sh you should start, sit. These are all the things I want to start talking about, and we're going to really start getting into the nitty-gritty as the season begins. So join me on this journey. I'll see if I can help you guys out, help you win your leagues, and you know, you guys help me out as well. Send me messages, let me know, and that's what fantasy football is. It's a community. We all have fun. We all get to know each other, and we all grow our knowledge and our love of football as a whole. So... Another week of football has come and gone. The preseason is almost over, and I can't wait for the football season to kick off September 8th, and what a way to celebrate, what a way to go into another year, and I can't wait for it, I hope you can't wait for it, and you will join me moving forward, and yeah, I will see you guys on the flip side. Later.